the show for introverts by an introvert. I'm that introvert. I'm Charlotte T. Martin, better known as Charlotte the Writer on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, today's show is kind of all about social media, which may or may not surprise you. Um, Again, I think you probably know about this show because of social media and particularly my Instagram. So it may not come as a huge shock or even a surprise at all to learn that I have a possibly toxic love-hate relationship with the internet. On the one hand, I think it is such a powerful tool. I think I've talked about it before on the show. It's like Prometheus bringing fire to the mere mortals. And on the other hand, I think that the mere mortals are really screwing it up because we're taking this awesome tool and using it for, dare I say it, mostly bad? Not necessarily outright evil all the time, but I just think there is a better way that we can be utilizing this tool. I don't have all the answers, and I certainly don't pretend to, but I did get to talk to somebody who has made it her work to understand this a little bit better. Margot Aaron is somebody that I have been following for a long, long time on Instagram. Um, I don't even think I mentioned this in this episode, but Margot, if you're listening, and I, I really hope that you are, the reason that I know about you is because a woman in a coffee shop where I used to work, and you can DM me about the specifics of who that woman was, um, is kind of your colleague, maybe not your colleague, but she at least took one of your courses and you were working together on something for a long time. And she absolutely sang your praises. I mean, it was like a lot and I am down for it. I was down for it immediately. And I've always been very interested in social media and particularly social media marketing. And if that phrase just completely turned you off to the rest of this episode, social media marketing, A, I don't blame you. And B, stay with me anyway. Because what I learned from Margot during this conversation um, is not only that I really, really want to be her friend in real life, but also that marketing is not as slimy and sleazy as we think it is. It's actually a tool for saving lives if you do it right. And if you come to it with the right mindset. That is super powerful and not hyperbolic, and I hope you stick around to listen uh, to why that is the case and why I'm a total convert to that way of thinking. If you are someone who is trying to grow a social media platform or you're an artist trying to get the word out about your work, you're going to love this episode because Margot talks about it in a really tangible, approachable way that doesn't make you feel like a grease ball the whole time you're listening. I know I didn't anyway, which is shocking because I I believe it was a very hot day when we were recording this. And so I was probably literally slimy and greasy with sweat. So anyway, I'm just painting a picture for you there. I also think that we should not start this episode without addressing the fact that it's been a very heavy week. Obviously, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. May her memory be a blessing is something I actually learned on social media is what you say in the Jewish faith instead of in the Christian faith, you say rest in peace. I want to say here at the top of the show before we get into the, the fun stuff, if you have not registered to vote, I need you to pause this show right now and go do that. It won't take you very long. There are no needles involved. It's pretty painless. And you don't even have to leave your home to go vote this year. 
You do have to bear in mind that if you're going to vote by mail, get that sucker in the mail by October 20th at the very latest. Um, If you're in my home state of Wisconsin and you're in Dane County, where I am, I hear you even get a I voted sticker in your envelope, in your absentee ballot envelope. And a couple of other things you've got to remember about that absentee ballot. You must sign it. Make sure that you sign it when you send it in. Otherwise, they can not count it or whatever. Um, And you don't have to put it in a USPS mailbox if you're feeling kind of worried about that. That's totally legitimate, I think. (laughs) Uh, You can find other places to drop off your um, absentee ballot. I can't tell you exactly where that is because I don't know exactly where you are. But I'm sure that it's a quick Google search away. And that is one of the reasons that I love the internet. If you search for something, you can find it. Now, obviously, there's an evil side to that with confirmation bias and all that. But if there's one thing you need to take away from this uncharacteristically long intro, it's that you must vote. And if you're feeling on the fence about voting or you're feeling on the fence about who to vote for, I really do welcome you into my direct messages on Instagram. I'm Charlotte the Writer. And I would love to talk to you about your feelings. And a a little bit of a heads up, I will try to sway you in one particular direction. And I think you know what direction that is. So come to it ready for a fight and know that I'm going to fight you on it. Because it's very important to me that we are all voting and that we are all voting for a future in which humanity has a chance. I said it in an Instagram post earlier this week when Justice Ginsburg passed away, that we need to vote as if we could bring back the dead. And I'm not talking just about Justice Ginsburg or um, John Lewis or Chadwick Boseman or any of these people whose deaths have broken our hearts into millions of pieces on a public scale. I'm talking also about the 200,000 people in our nation alone who have passed away from coronavirus. That was preventable. And had we had a leader in place who made it a priority to make it preventable, we wouldn't be in this situation that we are now. So if you don't know somebody who passed away from coronavirus, if you don't know somebody who was shot dead in the street by a police officer, it doesn't matter. Those people didn't deserve to die for any reason, and they certainly didn't deserve to die because of somebody's ignorance. The most powerful person in the world should not have let those people die. Death is inevitable, but if you don't do everything you can to stop a death that doesn't need to happen, then you must be held responsible and fired from your job. It seems obvious to me. And I hope that it seems obvious to you. But if it's not, like I said, let's talk. Let's meet. Because I don't want to preach to you, but I do want to challenge you. Okay. I think that that's it. Make sure you're registered to vote. Go get that absentee ballot from in the mail. Put it somewhere you think it's going to be safe. Maybe a library, maybe a municipal building. I don't know. You can Google it. And vote like it could bring back the dead. All right. Now that we've had that very important talk, thanks for hanging in there with me. Let's get to this conversation with Margot Aaron, where we talk about social media, marketing, how those two things mix, why it's not slimy, and why you, listener, 
should be and can be using your social media to get the word out about voting and about who we need to vote for, which I, again, I think is very obvious. So I'll just say it that I totally and completely support Biden-Harris ticket, the Biden-Harris ticket this time around. And I have problems with both of those people, but that doesn't mean that I'm not gonna vote for them. And I don't think that it should mean that for you either. So let's learn how to spread the word, how to talk to people on a human level. Let's go. Hello? Uh Uh-oh. It says you're muted. Why am I why am I muted? Hold on one second. How about now? Yes. All right, we did it. <laughs> Amazing. You'd think in the era of Zoom I know what I'm doing when I have to get on a video call, Zoom. but no. Every time. Every single time something different happens. So thanks for bearing with me. Hi Margo, I'm Charlotte. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. Um I feel like a fan from Instagram. I'm a fan from Instagram. I'm a fan of yours. That's for sure. Um, I do actually remember when you started following me, I was like, I did it. (laughs) I made contact. That's amazing. That's amazing. And something that we have in common, actually, is that we both love the internet and hate the internet from what I can tell about you. (laughs) That is the best byline for my feelings for this subject. Yes, (laughs) that is correct. That is correct. My particular, my drug of choice, obviously, is Instagram. I just love it. And then if I spend, it is a very delicate balance. If I spend too much time, even four seconds beyond what I can really tolerate, I'm like, who created this? I hate them and I hate myself for spending time on it. But here I am. And it's, you know, know. if you harness the power of it, you can do some fun stuff like this, for example. I'm having this debate with myself right now, actually. Mm -hmm. That, like, I feel so depleted, like, overconsumption is happening. Yeah. Uh, But it's these simultaneous um, contradicting feelings where I am isolated because of social distancing. Mm -hmm. So I, like, want connection. I'm hungry for connection. So I'm, like on social media to socialize. And then I'm like, Oh God, my eyes and like my focus sucks now. And I can't come up with ideas. And And I'm an imposter and a failure and my neck hurts. And I didn't earn any of this. Yeah. 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 All of it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Well, you have, it's so funny now. I, so I set the rule in place for this show that I, we are not allowed to ask each other what we do for work, but I mean, the cat's sort of out of the bag for me. <laughs> people know what I do. And I'm every time I cruise through people's Instagrams, and then in your case, like, you have a pretty wide internet reach, so or diversified at the very least. So, like, I know really well what you do, and you do it. I mean, so let's just say you have a YouTube channel where you and your colleague, I actually can't remember her name, starts with an H. Oh, good memory, Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. Well, how could you forget? Because the hashtag is so memorable. Hamya is just <laughs> delightful. Um, and it stands for Hillary and Margot yell at websites. <laughs> Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that? Because it's just funny as an idea and then funny. Oh, in, in Yes, and this is directly relevant, actually, to this conversation. It's Great. Hillary is one of those digital mavens who, and, and creative minds who has... Mm. Uh, I'm going to say she has no fear. She would disagree with that statement. But she <laughs> is just one of those people who is like, I am here. And you like, no, she is here. And she is d- 
delightful to listen to. Like mm-hmm. everything she says is funny and interesting. And so she has fun on social media. Like she mm-hmm. sees them as vehicles for self-expression. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have always felt like an obligation to be on them. And I'm huh. mostly uncomfortable. Like I want to just <laughs> write with my journal and then like occasionally poke out and be like, Hi, I'm still here. Goodbye. <laughs> and you know, close it. Which is weird because I have an outgoing personality. Mm-hmm. But the um I think this this ominous idea that it's forever really messes yeah. with me. And then stories came out and I started to have more fun. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is fun. I can play. It's just like in the moment. This will go away. To- yeah. Totally. And um and so it started to evaporate, but we started talking and Hillary who was a colleague and friend of mine at the time, we were out for drinks back when that was a thing you could do. And she said, she was like, Margo, why don't you do Instagram lives and more stories? Like, I don't understand. And I was like, I have have a child and a job and like, no, no. Um, And and I was like, what are you youngins talking about? Like, I can't do this. She's like, first of Mm -hmm, all, you're a millennial, mm -hmm. so stop. Um, Second of all, like, give me your phone. And she took my phone. And she started doing stories on video. And she was like, hi, okay, who thinks Margot should do stories? Who should it? And she started like talking to my followers. Mm -hmm. So I took her phone and I was like, Hillary is recording. You know, like we were just doing a meta thing. Um, And it turns out we had audiences that knew each other. And they were like freaking out. They're like, you know, you're friends? And we were like, yes, we're friends in real life. Oh my God. This is hilarious. And by the way, where drunk Hillary and Margot go was Mm -hmm. to giving advice and pumping up women. Like we were just like, that's where drunk Charlotte (laughs) goes too. That's can I, I mean, if you ever need a out of left field guest, I would just like to volunteer as tribute because that's exactly where I go too. I can't stop. It's sort of like the best word vomit ever where I'm like, I don't know you, but I think you're great and you're just the (laughs) best and here's what you can do and blah, 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 blah. So Yeah. And that's why I love your Insta, by the way, because it's always like conversations <laughs> I'm having in my head. And like, I actually know that. <laughs> um, um, that's uh, that's funny yeah, you say so, that because it started as a project to for scripts of like how you can interact with other people outside of your head when things are weird or uncomfortable. Uh, but then I noticed that the conversations that I have with myself were much more relatable to people. So I was like, whoa, I have a treasure trove of this kind of content because all I do is talk to myself in my head. You got it. That's what you want. You can have it. So that's how that happened. It's actually really, like, you share things. I'm sorry, that's my husband. It's the only one allowed to get out. That's um, okay. The uh, Yeah, you share content that feels so personal, but it's not inappropriate disclosure. Well, where, thank you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When yes. you, you read somebody's feed and you're like, you should not be telling me these details before you tell your children. Like, this is uncomfortable. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my God. Brown meant when she said vulnerable. Oh, um, my. Oh, my. Yeah, I do get that. Though. For real. I get people who, I mean, not like I get, not like clients or stuff, but just sometimes I will talk to people and they start sharing things to me. Not on this show, but just in life. Again, yeah. back when you could share with people in real time. And they they will start talking to me about things. People I don't know, not close friends. And I'm like, this yeah. doesn't feel like something I should be talking to you about yeah. until like two and a half years from now, maybe, if we yeah. stay in contact forever. Um, yeah. Whew, yeah, but the vulnerability thing, people take it too far. And it's like, I now I just feel like I need to take a bath in acid pretty much to wash <laughs> off some of this 
very heavy, very heavy stuff that I didn't ask well, for. It's not even the heaviness. Like we can hold space for each other and have hard conversations, sure. but you have to have boundaries. Absolutely. If you just met me. Like I don't, do, I didn't earn your trust. That's, you oh, it, yes, that's true. It's a weird <laughs> violation where you're like, wait a minute, I wanted to work for this. I didn't want our first meeting to be about like both of our deepest secrets. That's fun, and, but not till later. <laughs> and isn't it a little bit about consent? Like, yes, we should both be opting into this yes. relationship. Yep. It should be two-sided, but now you've just encumbered me with your truth. Right. But I don't know you. I'm not, I don't know if I'm prepared to hold space for you. Like not, I didn't offer that. Absolutely. And like, it's sort of transactional in that they then sometimes expect you to then share back at the same yes. level. And it's like, no, no, yes. no, I don't. Just like you said, I don't I don't necessarily distrust you. Although if you're sharing so much with me right away, who are you going to share my stuff with? Like, I don't know that right. you're a, right. a safe vessel for this information. Um, Absolutely agree. And how did I learn this lesson? Obviously, by telling people too much too soon and having that to come back to bite me in the ass. Um, whoops. I have not, not done that. (laughs) I don't have, I haven't made perfect choices. I'll say that, but (laughs) I'm striving to do my best and that's all I can do. I think I interrupted your story about you and Hillary starting your show. Oh yes. That was, well, not really. That was mostly the end. So it came out of that experience where people were like, we basically got drunk and yelled at our audiences to believe in themselves. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone was like, more please. And we were like, great. Okay. We will yell more. Um, It's a no homework show. It's awesome. (laughs) You'll appreciate this though, because it started, we took it really seriously. Like we had segments and we were Uh going to treat it like a talk show professionally. And the first time we sat down to film, we got through like, 45 minutes of a segment that was supposed to be five minutes. And we're like, okay, (laughs) guess we're going to have to change the format here. We're not as pro as we thought. Uh, (laughs) And it just sort of has evolved over time. But, but to that end on our love hate relationship with, um, yeah, the internet is we started, we were getting about a thousand views per episode, which made us feel really cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because we both have very niche audiences that yeah. are small, but engaged and mighty. And I love yep. it that way. And I don't know that I wanted to change. Sometimes I do, but like <laughs> it's, uh, it, it was, it was a really cool feeling. And then all of a sudden it dropped to about 200 views per episode. And we're like, the fuck happened? Like, <laughs> like, we didn't do anything different. Do you do anything different? Who just exited this chat and why? <laughs> yeah, I was like, do, are, are we just bad at this now? And like everyone hates us. And it was such a dramatic drop that we realized that this is this became a, an algorithm SEO game where oh. Facebook had just done an update where they stopped uh, promoting YouTube, mm-hmm. letting you embed YouTube videos. You had to re- upload it specifically to Facebook. Ugh. Um, and so all the views we were getting on Facebook didn't count towards our view. Ga- it was like weird. It yeah, was yeah, weird. yeah. And so it was stuff like that that um, I was like, I don't want to play this game. Let's just get, what it, like, let's have fun. What views we get, we get. If people don't want to watch us because we have few views, then like, welcome. Like, I'm not playing this game right now. I'm not trying to be a YouTube star. I'm trying to have a good time with my friend and like get, uh, you know, inspire our audience to put their work out into the world. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. I have the same feeling about my Instagram page. Obviously that's my, as I said, my drug of choice. We're like, I see, I can tell anyone can, if they're even like 
remotely interested in building a platform or an audience of any kind yeah. online. You can tell when people on, I think, any social media, and certainly on Instagram, they, like, yeah. comment on a bunch of posts or like every post because they yeah. want it to come back to them. And I'm like, yeah. I... Who has the time, first of all? And secondly, what does that really get you? Like, something I love about the... Wow, this is really turning into the Charlotte show. Sorry about that. No, I um, love it. We're getting it two way. I can't. <laughs> I already know me. Now I get it. You just yell at me to make myself feel good about. It. I love that. I'm very responsive to that. So keep it up. <laughs> yeah, um, you got it. But like, what was I just saying? That my that my Instagram. I find that I like the feedback when the feedback is personal. So when people write to me specifically, that to me is worth like. That's worth not only a thousand words, but a thousand followers. Like if I have yeah. one person who I know I said something or I wrote something that helped them out that day, it's so trite to say, but it really does. That makes me feel like, okay, this is worth it. I don't, it's not a numbers game for me. Yeah. Um, it's a depth game. I, I yes. completely agree. Like, people don't realize that like that spoiler alert, like that is the secret. That's yep. the secret. If you, if that's you it. take any of my courses on, on marketing or sales, mm -hmm. that's secret people like people it's amazing but okay but here's the problem with that though it won't 10x your revenue overnight mm -hmm. it won't because this takes time and you need yep. to earn trust when you uh learn to speak to people with respect and empathy and come from a yeah. posture of generosity it's a really different game and so you're not and and you also can always tell by the way like when i <laughs> and i have some friends who in person i adore like I adore, I think they're smart. I think they're articulate. Uh -huh. I know that they're people of integrity. And then I watch what they do online and I'm like, where the fuck did my friend go? Like, <laughs> they are you know, buying followers and like, it's because they hired a company that gave them bad advice. Yep. They saw the platform as transactional mm -hmm. and, um, and I understand cause like, and they look very sexy online. Like you go up mm -hmm. to them and they have, you know, tens of thousands of followers and, um, it creates an image, but you don't have the depth because you can't fake that. Right. right? Well, That's and you, you can't speak genuinely can't to 10,000 people. You can't. Um, you can speak pretty genuinely to a few thousand people probably. I mean, again, Brene Brown does it in, in huge stadiums, so good for her. Uh, yeah. And we're all kind of trying to be Brene Brown in our own ways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> quote. <laughs> in this episode, Charlotte and Margot talk about their plans to become Brene Brown <laughs> in their own ways. But yeah, it's funny that some people feel attracted to or like they can trust people on social media who have large audiences. I tend yeah. to find that I'm skeptical of people who have large audiences. And Ooh, like if talk I talk about that. <laughs> I love that. For those of you who can't see us talking to each other right now, which is everyone listening, Margot just literally leaned in to hear what I'm about to say, which is totally improvised. So here we go. Yeah. I find that when I, especially people that I know in real life, like you're saying, yeah. who I think are very intelligent and engaging and fun, everybody's wondering, is she talking about me? No, I'm not. <laughs> if you're wondering it, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> talking about you. Um my mom is going to wonder if it's her. She has 12 followers or something. She's so <laughs> secretive. Like, I can't even say... I'm going to get in trouble that I even said she's on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah. My sister's like that. Well, oh, now we're both in trouble. And to me, I'm like, what's the... Don't... Just don't be on social media. <laughs> they have to wear. <laughs> 
And she gets, my mom gets so mad when someone has a private account because she's like, but I want to see what, I have to follow them to see. And I'm like, yes, that's the exchange that you kind of tacitly agree to when you join that platform. Um, So yes, I'm skeptical sort of of accounts that have a lot of viewers or viewers, well, in your case, viewers or not in your case, in YouTube, but like on Instagram, lots of followers to me is like, okay, but why? And what are they pumping out? So then I don't, I think the thing is like the first 12 posts on Instagram is the thing that somebody will take the time to go through. Yeah. So I go way down that feed and I'm like, when is the moment that you switched from being (laughs) a personal account to a business? Not just a business account, but like a flour mill, basically. When did you start trying to churn things out? I'm also highly skeptical of um, accounts that have a really clear page aesthetic. So like mine accidentally falls into that because each thing looks exactly the same. But, like, you know, when it, there's a really clear color palette and, like, a filter yeah. and a schedule. Yeah. Um, and the dead giveaway for me is when the picture does not match the caption. <laughs> so, like, lots yeah. of lots of accounts recently, especially, I did a little bit of a weeding out of, like, okay, I, I thought you had something interesting to say. This is so judgy. Sorry, everyone. But, like, <laughs> when it came down to... George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and that kind yeah. of that kind of messaging. If it was a selfie with a caption about Black Lives Matter, I was like, I'm out. This isn't yeah. you don't get it. You're yeah. trying to promote yourself by riding on the back of something that is popular right now yeah. and not popular like North Face fleeces were popular in 2006. Popular yeah. like it's zeitgeisty. It's of the yeah. moment. Um so those are my, all of my gut reactions when I'm on Instagram is it's yeah. based mostly in skepticism. <laughs> no, this is so interesting because my, my reaction to when you just said that was I hadn't identified that when I see people with a certain number of followers, like I'm trying to figure out what the threshold is so I could give real numbers. But if I see you have like 2000 followers, I'm like, Oh, you're a real person. Mm-hmm. But if I see you have like 15, I'm like, mm. then I look at engagement. Cause I'm like, Oh, you're not, you bought them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know what? I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth because one of my close friends, Talia, she's at 450,000 now and wow. she did it all on her own. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> she was one of my client, uh, one of my customers when I ran a virtual co-working space and she had uh-huh. less than 10,000. And let me tell you, she has a growth mindset unlike anyone I've ever seen. She was like, <laughs> I'm just going to play. Like I'm going to take mm-hmm. a few courses, but I just mostly want to play. And so she would tell us what she learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And she never gamed this. I mean, there was a little bit of like, okay, you got to understand hashtags. Yeah. You have to understand how people search. You need like basic fluency of the platform. Mm-hmm. But she never tried to be something she wasn't. Yeah. And she did things in the way that she wanted to and got criticism for it. Like she's in the body positivity, like well, it was called diet space in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she was, she's not a super thin person. And she was like, I don't care. I'm going to show pictures of me. Like <laughs> that's how I want to show up in the world. Or, um, and she, she would do like really long stories that showed her like kind of rackety kitchen at the time she lived in a studio. Uh, like, it was like very real food prep and it wasn't pretty yet. And now it's yeah. a lot more polished, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's way more food porny, but like, it's still her. Yeah. It's still very much her. And I think people, people connect with what's real. 
Absolutely. Like in the end of the day, real attracts real. And you can, I've always, I call it marketing juju. Where like, <laughs> and, it's, and I think it's true for writing too. If you don't believe what you're saying, mm-hmm. it comes out. Like there's only oh, so much. Oh, you can tell. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel it in the tone yes. of what's coming out. And so when people are so afraid of being taken advantage of, I'm like, it, it, like it's not hard to know who's a charlatan here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I also... Uh, along with as we're talking about social media, which, by the way, I'm so glad I have found a kindred spirit in you to talk about social media, because like my brother is a Twitter person. My mom, obviously, we've covered extensively. My dad doesn't exist, according to social yeah. media. Um, and like, I feel kind of slimy talking about my Instagram as like a, a th- something that I am trying to grow, yeah. but in a like deeply, not widely. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't think I know a lot of people who are trying to do that at the same time I am. So I feel kind of self-conscious about it. So anyway, this is a delight. Thank you for hey, indulging me. Can I peer me. pressure you though? I want to <laughs> give you some backstory that- We're peers? We're Hold on. Let me absorb that we're peers. <laughs> so I arrived in, like, if you told me that I would be in marketing, mm. it's like I identify as a writer, mm-hmm. but like I make money through marketing and teaching. Uh-huh. So, um, and, and coaching a little bit, but I, uh, I started my career in academia. Like really psychological researcher. What? And yeah. And I went to school, like to graduate school for psychology. I was a literature major undergrad. Uh And as a literature major, of course you go into the social sciences. I mean, (laughs) Um, to me, it really did because I was like, first of all, I studied so much theory that I feel like I'm going to, and like, where do you study humans more deep into their mind, self-report than literature (laughs) and fiction? Come on. I still stand by that. It seems like a very linear move to me. Yo, I went to acting school. My yeah. So I would only push back a little and say, you might get more of that in acting school in than acting, in... <laughs> I would agree. I actually would agree. I do not disagree there. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So, so my first job um, in the field was... Uh, I was basically in charge of recruitment for a depression study. Uh-huh. We were NIMH funded and they threw me in and they were like, okay, put out flyers. Uh And I just did Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it didn't occur to me because business marketing and, and like that stuff, consumerism was dirty and below me. Mm -hmm. And I told my whole life that that I was better than that. Yep. (laughs) And that if things were good enough, people will just find you. Like I was very much that self-righteous academic and artist. Yep. And, um, I hand to God, if I knew then what I knew now, we could have saved so many more lives. Oh, really, wow. Sincerely. Mm-hmm. Lives. And, and I'll tell you, because the, the headline on that flyer, this was like 2008. Oh, no. said, are you feeling sad, down, or low? Just <laughs> like, think for a moment. If we're talking about someone, <laughs> like put yourself in their shoes. Uh-huh. Who is, I don't know if anyone listening has experienced depression, but odds are. I have depression. So and you're right. You, uh, if you're a human in the world. Uh, and. <laughs> To, uh, like the, that is so condescending mm-hmm. and so patronizing of a way to speak to someone. And what copywriting especially taught me and marketing taught me was that respect and empathy for the person on the other side of the exchange is how you get their attention. Mm-hmm. You want to make people feel seen. Mm-hmm. That's why they come to you. That's how you stand out. And so when I see someone like you feel a little icky, I totally understand it. And I also <laughs> really wish you wouldn't because we need, Thanks. we need those voices because the people who don't have that barometer, that social consciousness, mm-hmm. they're out doing their thing. Like they're going to continue to be duplicitous and deceptive and mm-hmm. manipulative 
but you don't have to be. And we can learn to use these skills in a way that actually help us connect deeper uh-huh. and have the desires we want. And so like I, I ended up in marketing by accident because I was trying to find patients for our study mm-hmm. to get free treatment and enroll them. And it was so hard. And I just kept asking this question of like, how do you get people to care? Like I would literally go into <laughs> waiting rooms and coffee shops and I'd be like, I want to understand how do I intersect with the person I'm trying to reach? Like, and this was before Facebook ads weren't a thing yet. And um, oh, so there, there a was, simpler time. You know, so I was taking out TV ads and like radio what? ads and Craigslist ads. Uh-huh. Like that's what I was doing while also being a research assistant. But it didn't occur to me that learning more about advertising would be helpful. Um, Whoa. And so that's a little, yeah. Oh, well, I, I love, I, never, I love that you're talking about this as an intersection between mental health and advertising because yes, there yeah. is, they are so interwoven with each other. I mean, everybody talks about social media and, mental health. But I think that piece is really missing of the way that we mm-hmm. talk to strangers, but not just strangers, but like the consumer mass of strangers. We have yes. to first assume that first <laughs> that everybody is kind of depressed right now. <laughs> and how do you speak to that? Something that really, this is related, I swear, although I don't know if I have exactly the language <laughs> yeah, to connect sure. them. We'll get there. Um, I was sort of surprised in not a super great way that here in America, anyway, our advertising changed overnight when coronavirus hit, when everybody had to be at home, there was no lag time between regular, like pictures of people out on picnics or like at parties or whatever within the hour of that, like national pronouncement, everything suddenly changed. And which is Again, love the internet, hate the internet. I was like, wow, this is amazing that we can communicate this fast. And also, like, advertising is also educational in a sneaky way because it tells you what you are feeling if you're not careful, if you're not thinking about what am I actually feeling, what am I actually, like, dropping into. Because our American advertising has turned into, well, you have to be stuck at home and you have to wear a mask instead of saying, like, We don't have to wear a mask if we organized to like, I mean, wear a mask for God's sake, everybody wear a mask. Now we have to wear a mask, (laughs) but I think I've said that on every episode of this show now. We have to wear a mask now, but there was a critical point at which we could have been advertising, everybody stay home, just stay home, put everything on pause instead of how can you be more productive from home now that like, if we could just change the messaging it tells us as a mass of people too what are our priorities here um and i charlotte sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no that's okay i um when you said if there's anyone who suffers from depression or i think you just said depression i suffer from depression so yeah if i saw a poster that was like are you feeling down sad or low or whatever you said (laughs) walk right by it we were using the word blue blue i use blue (laughs) Like mirror how people talk. Yes. Want to not feel like shit for 10 minutes? Like, congratulations. (laughs) You got out of bed today. Winning. Let's win more days. You know, like, absolutely. Where they are um, and talk to them like they're humans. You know, so you said something really important that I want to, I want to stick to because I will, the way we feel about the internet is also how I feel about advertising. Like Mm. I love advertising and I hate advertising. (laughs) And um, I will sit on both sides of the fence all day long, arguing both sides until I decide what I freaking think. But (laughs) (laughs) the, the, the thing that I've studied a lot of ads, a lot. And the one thing that I have seen is they're 
they are attributed to having this malicious intent. Huh. And I actually think it's much scarier than that. Oh, I think no. that, <laughs> that is the problem is mm. that you have rooms of people, committees that I have been in mm-hmm. where no one takes personal responsibility for what is being written. Uh-oh. And everyone is, what ends up happening is it's not the malicious intent. It's a mirror. Mm. You say in your brainstorm, like, what are people feeling right now? And let's show them who they are. Oh, God. And oftentimes when people recognize themselves or the problems with society, uh-huh. you can find them in our ads because our ads are a mirror. There's, there's fascinating. If you want to um, geek out anyone who's listening, take a look at the weight loss industry and take a look at cigarettes and look at how messaging over the decades shifts. Uh-huh. How words change, how the introduction of women change, how we speak to women and men differently, how um, what what is emphasized. And you would not believe what things like I think there was a deodorant commercial where they were like, if you were the smelly one, you're not going to get married. You know, like that was the kind of. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're you're having that face. Women felt that's what they were thinking, because back in the day women weren't the only way for us to be upwardly mobile was marriage to get married. Yeah. Couldn't get a job without a husband or a man's permission. So mm-hmm. like these weren't, these weren't crazy. And we look back at them now and we're like, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, but I think a better posture that I try and take towards advertising mm-hmm. is one of personal accountability and responsibility. I think that that's really important. I think mm-hmm. you should have to sign your ads. <laughs> um, Ooh, yeah. To, I like that idea. Uh, Absolutely. And of a mirror, it's a mirror. So like, if you want to know what we are about and what we care about, like, look at what we advertise, look at how we advertise. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when you see like, like you brought up Black Lives Matter, you've seen a lot of really shitty attempts to pretend to care. Yes. And you've also seen on the flip side, which I'll say a good mirror is more people of color showing up in ads just in the background mm-hmm. without it being a statement. Um, that's important. Yeah. So, like, there are things like that that are happening that we can look at both ways for being good and bad, but all mm-hmm. of it, I think, is is simply a mirror. In a, as far as we live in a consumerist culture, I'm not sure that we're getting rid of advertising. <laughs> no, we are not. No, I, that's not really my goal either. I think that's Sisyphusian. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. Uh, I'm trying now. I'm trying to imagine those committees that you've sat on, and just the, <laughs> did your skin just crawl for a lot of that time? You know, I a lot of my career, I felt um, privileged to be behind enemy lines. Oh, um, like sometimes I viewed myself as like the Robin Hood of the internet. Oh, cool! Like, I'm going to steal from the schmucks and give to the good. <laughs> but like, really, um, really, what I saw were people, and and this is what got me. Um, more into writing about the future of work because I would see people mm. stuck, stuck with like three kids and a nine to five that they have resentment towards. And yeah. so like personal responsibility is out the window. They just wanted to keep their job. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a matter of like this big evil conspiracy to sell sugar to children. Yeah. It was about like, I have a job. This is the assignment I was given. I have to I have fulfill to this task. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 And it, that actually made me a lot sadder. Uh-huh. And and that's what pushed me more into the digital world and got me excited about empowering people like you to learn these things. Because I think what makes me the scaredest is people not feeling like they have options. Because when you feel powerless, mm-hmm. when you feel oppressed by a system mm-hmm. that you cannot control, 
mm-hmm. then that is where we start. Desperation is where we start to see bad choices being Ooh, made. So true. Um, and, and I think if we can empower people to at least those of us who have the privilege of an audience, mm-hmm. right. Who have the privilege of, uh, people's attention mm-hmm. and to really take it seriously. Like Charlotte, I, that's part of what I love about your work is that you <laughs> respect you. your readers so much. Thank really you. That like seeing people and people as people is the base. So mm. this is the solve is like, don't see the numbers. Don't see the transaction. See the human being. You see the human being, the rest solves itself. Yes, that's very true. That is so true. Um, well, and is part of the reason that I started this show because in high school when I got my Facebook and I was so excited to finally join the <laughs> internet and now like I try not to be caught dead on Facebook because again, who has the time to sift through all of the whatever. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a different show. Um, <laughs> but I had a rule for myself, which was if I've never heard you talk to me, I'm not going to be your friend on Facebook. And then, of course, that went out the window because whatever. Yeah. And then so I was reflecting on that for this while I'm like growing an Instagram community of friends. And uh, then I thought it would be very fun to meet these people, even if it's over Zoom for now or whatever we're on now. Um, for now, because those are the parameters we have to work with. And because I'm a big, every time I argue with my mom about social media, (laughs) which is often, uh, more often than makes sense, really, I try to remind her because I feel strongly that it is people behind these accounts. I mean, of course, there are bots and everything, but people, Facebook is not necessarily evil, but you can use it to evil ends or you can use it frivolously or self-indulgently. But it is a human being behind that screen name, as it were, to throw it way back to AIM uh, screen names. <laughs> uh, yeah, there there's people there. And so I like to meet those people and know. And now, of course, like I, I don't know if you have listened to the other episodes of the show I just got a package from one of those people that I interviewed and like she sent me a bunch of coffee stuff and I was like, this is the best. Like I just made a friend and like, oh, it's just great. So, um, yeah, I tried to speak to who did I hear this advice from? Maybe it was probably like Seth Godin or something. Um, speak to your audience as if you're speaking to one particular person you have in mind. Oh, Stephen King says that too. He says when he writes a novel, he writes it for one person and it's usually his wife. Oh, that's so sweet. It's day to day. What? You've read his work. (laughs) I know. Right. Um, I think it's not like an ode to her. It's more like, well, I, I am not really actually a Stephen King fan. His fiction is not for me, but I love on writing. I love on writing. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I always say that I'm a bookseller by day. And so when I recommend that book to people, I'm like, do you like Stephen King? And everyone who says no, I'm like, I have the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make you a convert, just to like, we're on the same page. I don't like him either. Um, but he seems like an okay guy. I just feel like when I read, reading his books to me is like drinking a very light beer, which maybe is not kosher to say because he's a recovering alcoholic, but like, I just feel like I'm not getting anything out of this. It feels more caloric than buzzy and I don't care for it. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, um, we were talking about, uh, our audience connecting, oh, oh, speaking to one person, speaking to one person. Yeah. So the content of each 
script that I write for Instagram changes from day to day, but I always have somebody in mind that I think yeah. needs to hear it. And the greatest payoff ever is when that person knows it and they yeah. write to me like privately to be like, thanks for writing that. I, I felt like you were writing to me. And sometimes I'm like, I was, <laughs> I was thinking of you. Um, so that's, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. My hard yeah, work is paying off. I think like quality, sta- that is, this is an old school thing to say, but I do think quality stands out. And I, I am confident that the AI is going to get mm. smarter mm-hmm. and start rewarding quality. Ooh. I think it was originally designed to do that mm-hmm. and we just didn't have the technology because it was like Boolean search. And so you had like <laughs> keyword stuffing and things like that. But now we're at the point where, um, you know, I, I think about my own pieces, the pieces that I've spent upwards of 40 hours. And I'm not even kidding. Oh my, I'm proud of them. And yeah. they had, they never went viral, mm-hmm. but they are the ones that bring me the most traffic. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And that means more to me that they had staying power mm-hmm. and that I took the time and it's a, it's a delicate balance. I think that's another reason I like your account is that like, I, um, I feel that conflict. I'd actually love to hear you talk about this between spending time with a piece and mm. really figuring out what I think and solidifying my argument. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, tiny touch points with my audience mm-hmm. throughout either through Instagram or through my, my drug of choice is email. Mm-hmm. So I have a newsletter. So funny. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> email. I just like of all of the, all of the internet drugs, email is my least favorite. <laughs> 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 oh my God. It stresses me out. Um, but, I mean, that being said, I think I said when I first messaged you to be on the show, your stories where you, like, tear down email, like, form emails or mass emails, marketing emails, yeah. are just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It actually instills me I'm with so some bad. confidence that, like, I do actually know how to write an email. <laughs> Honestly, though, no, those are those are closeted lessons in empathy. <laughs> they are... The reason I tear them down is because people don't consider the person. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, spell my name right. Yep. My name is not Aaron. <laughs> That's my last name. I don't have a T on Margot. The name is literally in the email address. Literally. <laughs> I also come from, like, my I, my family is half not American. And so, uh-huh. my, like, there's a lot of names that people can't pronounce. Uh-huh. And so I think that that's another thing where I'm just like, okay, you know, it's one thing if you really can't pronounce it. But right, yeah. Looking at the spelling. <laughs> Margot is pretty straightforward. Like, Charlotte has it's some phonetic. weird extra letters. I mean, the French. We can't trust them with anything. Don't tell them I said that. Sorry, France. Right. Um, but yeah, I've got a lot of extra letters. Some weird spellings of my name have cropped up in the past, but, uh, I'm sure that there's some SEO wisdom on this, but like putting your name and its spelling in your internet flag posts really does, I mean, maybe not in your cases you're expressing now, but like a lot of the misspellings of Charlotte have gone out the window since I changed my handle to Charlotte, the writer. They're like, there it is. It's right there in the name. <laughs> you can't miss That's it. Awesome. Aaron, that's pretty funny. I've been called um, Martin, Martin yep, all the time. Not Marty, no. <laughs> oh, I would love to be called Marty. That would just be hilarious. I mean, no, not nobody call me that, but like if I got an email that called me Marty, <laughs> Marty. I'd be like, wow, I'm 
this is bad, but I'm kind of interested. <laughs> Who are you? What are you? Next level. Um, you mentioned a little bit ago that you write about the future of work. Can you tell me your personal thesis on the future of work? Because that is endlessly interesting to me. Yes. I mean, I think we have just been expert, like catapulted yep. into what <laughs> totally. I thought was coming mm-hmm. in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you, I see. So here's, here's what I witnessed. I went from a very uh, buttoned up traditional conservative industry of academia. Yep. Uh, where I literally felt like I had two me's. I had the me that was social and had friends, and mm-hmm. I had the me that was professional that went to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went to graduate school, and then I started my career in the corporate sector. Mm-hmm. And in the corporate sector, I felt um, like there was still that dichotomy that you mm-hmm. couldn't bring your full self to work, that that was bad. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that what I thought was true about doing good work, which was high quality, increasing efficiencies, um, being ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. uh, getting your work done, was antithetical to what I was actually being judged on, which was uh, our billable hours oh. and time spent out canoodling with the team. Uh-huh. So like I would go to the gym, for example, after work, mm-hmm. and I missed drinks. Uh-oh. That was hugely <laughs> problematic to my career. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, because that is where deals were being made. And once I learned that there was like a different way, the way business worked was different than mm-hmm. what had been built. I was like, something wrong is happening. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at what was going on in tech and in startups where people were saying, it doesn't matter what degree you have. We just want to see that you do good work. And there was this revolution. It felt like happening on the underground mm-hmm. and it felt emancipating for women. And this, this became kind of the hill I will die on when mm-hmm. I started to learn about the gender pay gap. I like most uninformed people was just like, well, we need more confidence and better negotiations. Oh no. You know, and I was like, you know, if you had children, that's your choice. You know, I, I sort of had that breed of second wave feminism brainwashing. And the more educated I got, the more I was like, hold the phone. Yeah. Wait a minute. How we got to here. (laughs) How does this gap happen? Let's use our data brain. Yeah. Really it was a series of, I don't remember who published it, um, but it was a series of graphs that looked at the gender pay graph through a uh, category. Mm-hmm. So it was looking at different career, like in academia versus uh, law versus um, just all the different career sectors yeah. you could be in and where it was most pronounced. And the pattern that came out showed causation. Mm-hmm. It was really simple. Where women can get flex time, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no difference. Huh. There was like, it disappeared. And what it came down to is women were falling out of the workplace because we're having babies. Uh-huh. There's a penalty um, yep. <laughs> or the assumption that if you're in your thirties or late twenties, you're going to have a kid and you are going to cost that firm money Ugh. because they will need to pay your maternity leave. Right. And so, so there's just like really ass backwards. Way. Like if anyone doesn't hear what's wrong with what I just said, we can break it down for you in a future episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, and that is, it's not true. It doesn't cost you money. It, uh, it, it makes money in the long run. Um, and it allows you to invest in the future, which is human beings. And yep. the, the point, and it's not a female thing, it's a family thing. And like the mm-hmm. problem with mm-hmm. the gender pay gap is because men don't get paternity leave. So women are left at home. And not and all families have women in them. 
They just don't. That's right. Yep. That's right. That's also that's also true. And not everyone has help and not everyone has money. And capitalism solves this problem by saying you can pay for more help, which is indentured servitude. But we'll we're getting it. So <laughs> I I couldn't be more on board with everything you're saying. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm more articulate on this in writing, guys. But um, <laughs> so, so all of these things were coming to mind for me. And uh-huh. I was really bothered by them. And it was shocking me to go to work where no one else was enraged. Like, yeah. I just didn't, I didn't understand how I was supposed to focus on work where I was like, y'all, can you understand how we're propagating the problem and we're enabling it? <laughs> like, how... What? And so I started becoming obsessed with online business and startups. Oh. Just as a concept. Uh-huh. And I loved this idea of like, maybe there exists a true meritocracy. Yeah. And there seemed to be this lag between what we knew in the science. Like I listened to Freakonomics. I read, you know, Malcolm Gladwell. It's mm-hmm. not like I didn't know. Like we knew. We know that if you see someone's name, you are not hiring them if you think they're a person of color or a woman or a, yep. or a minority. Like, we know, we know that you judge people based on where they went to school and yet we keep doing it. So I was like, I don't understand why we're not changing policies. Like, it just mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. And so I just knew that I, I believe that there are some battles you fight by staying within the system mm-hmm. and there are some battles you fight by leading it. And for me, Ooh. I had to lead it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the disposition, like my friend Carolina, for example, she works for Senator for Senator Mark, what's his last name? I forget his name, but she's in charge <laughs> of his future of work economic policies. She's in the system working on changing the system. It's amazing. And she awesome. plays the game and she's brilliant. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Um, I can't do that. Like yeah. I don't have the disposition for it. I don't have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. Um, she was built to fight within. I'm built to fight without. Mm-hmm. And so where uh, where I took to was, number one, familiarizing myself with all these different ways businesses were building themselves and growing. So um, that, that was sort of my introduction to online business. Mm-hmm. And then for myself, I built up kind of a pool of resources where I could jump on my own and build a virtual team and be virtual because I knew that I wanted a kid. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to do all of this before that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I could have the freedom and flexibility to not be stuck in what felt like a trap. Yeah. So a lot of my work is, is around that, but sorry, I'll say one more thing. Um, and hustle culture. Like I have a huge problem with hustle. Culture Me too. Me too. <laughs> I even that's don't even like the, the word hustle. Sorry. I said, that's probably the bulk of what I write about. <sighs> is just the gaslighting that is hustle culture. Yes. Death to Fiverr is what I say. Sorry, Fiverr. <laughs> I could, every time, I mean, I used to live in New York. I think you're in New Jersey, I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I'm on, I was on the subway and I'd see a Fiverr ad, I would just seethe because, I mean, talk about, talk about toxic advertising. It's like there was one particularly that was like, if you're on Fiverr, it's because you have a coffee for lunch and you don't sleep and... You've, you haven't had a personal interaction with a friend in 20 years. And I'm like, is that the goal? Because I'm not aiming for that. Anyway, go on. Hustle culture. You're saying. No, that's, but that's exactly it. Is that there's this like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. Like mentality of like work, work, work. And I, um, I actually did write something that went viral. Call. I have, I have a phantom Gary V that, um, sort of yells at me uh-huh. and uh with all due respect I actually don't hate Gary Vee but there is a uh 
he has allowed a bastardization of some of his advice to Mm -hmm. gaslight people into work hard, you know, work hard, work hard, work hard. And one version of upward mobility, which Uh relies on not sleeping, um, eating a coffee for lunch. And (laughs) honestly, having a full-time spouse, um, of some kind, uh, or, or a parent or some sort of support, like not seeing your children. And, Oh, um, oh, I see. I see. Yeah. This is just part of, this is just part of the tax of being in a free market mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that no one cares. And like, if you are marginalized, then tough shit, it's just a little harder for you. Oh my um, God. And oh, I, God. while I agree that that is how we are treated yes. in the economy, and that mm-hmm. is what people believe, mm-hmm. um, it's incomplete. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's incomplete and it's factually incorrect. First of all, Um, not everyone's the same and not everyone has the same definition of success. So Mm -hmm. I would start the conversation there. What does success look like to you? You don't have to own the goddamn jets. Like if you want a happy life, define it. Yes. Define what that is for you. And I think that is left out a lot. So we start judging ourselves by other people's success metrics and then feeling like shit about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's problematic. And then the other part is health. Yeah. Like you should sleep. If you want to do good work, <laughs> just sleep, drink more water, like enough yep. of this, like don't drug yourself to stay awake. Like that is not where the good ideas come from. Absolutely right, not. Absolutely. I keep cutting not. You off. No, you're not cutting me off. I'm just agreeing with you. You did make okay. me think of, um, when you're saying define success for yourself, I think also now I see this sort of self-care wellness industry creeping in mm. on something that is like it's, it is good to take care of yourself. <laughs> it's everybody should do it. Um, but yeah. there's this now industry blossoming that's trying to make a profit off of that feeling of like, cause you know, self-care is like, yes, sleeping and drinking water and setting boundaries. It's not necessarily buying a $25 bath bomb every time you feel sad. Like that's not that's not always the Are answer. Are you suggesting Gwyneth is wrong? I am not only suggesting it, I'm preaching it. I have, <laughs> <laughs> I stake my flag in that ground. I have, I have a I serious like issue <laughs> with Gwyneth Paltrow. I think she actually is a great actress, which is frustrating because <laughs> I know, same. Same she page. has that book called, um, it's all easy or something like that. Yes. And I just remember looking at that. And feeling immediately rageful and not, I had not even really started my own self edification on privilege and my own privilege and like the caste system we all live in and institutionalized racism and all of that. I knew that it existed, didn't know the details, but I just looked at that and I think that might've been the, um, the catalyst. Cause I was like, yeah, it's all easy if you're Gwyneth Paltrow because you've been acting since you were 13 years old. Your mother is Blythe Danner. You married Coldplay. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. She didn't just marry Chris Martin. She married the whole band. You don't marry Chris Martin and not all of Coldplay. So, like, yeah, it's all been simple for you always. Also, you're, like, beautiful and glowy, and that certainly doesn't hurt. So, like, that's very, very, very dishonest. It's just... I want to... Yes, that's the part. Is like, I don't... Some of the things that bother me about some of the circles I'm in that are uber progressive is that we get into woman bashing yes. and, or, or just person bashing. And I, we can't all help the circumstances under mm-hmm. which we were born. That is true. And I will never hold that against another woman unless I'm in a really bad mood. But, <laughs> <laughs> that makes you but better than me. 
<laughs> what you said at the end is the most important part is that like you can have extraordinary privilege but be honest about it and then yep. have kindness have generosity but like that is a gaslighting title that mm-hmm. was like intentionally yep. bifurcated and intentionally like that's the part that I think is cruel yeah um and and not on the team yes it's not on the team like I yeah go ahead Oh, no, I, I'm, again, I was just going to yeah. agree with you because, like, somebody who comes to mind who is all of those things, both extraordinarily talented and wealthy and but al- and also generous and compassionate and I think doing really great work is Reese Witherspoon. Also, yeah. also has everything that Gwyneth has but is using it actively – toward a toward an inclusive and sustainable end. That's the other thing yeah. is that – it's not sustainable back to the wellness thing. It isn't sustainable yeah. to buy a bath bomb every time you like feel a little sad. Um, That's right. And it isn't sustainable to continue to want to grow bigger and better and, and more vertically instead of just, I want to reach people more authentically and more in a, yes. have stronger connections with individual people as I go on. Um, yes. And that is, I just don't see a lot of that in, or I see more and more of it. And I'm very excited to hear you say and talk about that that connection. Again, you're, you're, you're illuminating some connections for me, which are invigorating. That you came <laughs> to your work. <laughs> you came to your work in marketing because of an experience with, like, the mental health world. And you came yeah. to your work in what you do now, the future of work, because of your very strong and on point feminist ideas of like, how do we close this gender gap or sorry, the wage gap? Um, It's not about individuals making decisions or not making decisions. It's about policy. And I also love what you're saying about some, and I would even build on it. Some fights you have to do from within and some from without. And I think there are people like you, like your friend there are people who are who have the skills to work within and without. So yeah. now tying it in with all this, the woman bashing culture that we live in, and I obviously am guilty of. Listen, Gwyneth, I know you listen to the show, and I'm sorry I said all those things about you, but <laughs> that was not a good title choice. And you were great in The Candidate or whatever that show is called on Netflix. <laughs> it's a great show. Politician. Politician, yeah. yes. You're great. You're a great actress. Everybody knows it. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Anyway, now that I'm back from my date with Gwyneth, I wanted to say, what? Oh, that if we could all agree as women, but as human beings, too, that like, yes, some people have to do the work in the system. Some people are going to do the work out out of the system. But we're all working together toward the same goal right now. Yes. Um, the, The analogy I think of a lot is there are two main independent bookstores in Madison, Wisconsin, where I live. There's the one I work at, and then there's one downtown. Um, a room of one's own. Great bookstore. Everybody go support your local oh, bookstore. Yeah, great name. Um, great people I just read that book, by the way. It's, it's phenomenal. It's very relevant. It. Well, <laughs> it's, it's so relevant. <laughs> it's some evergreen content right there. Um, but people always ask. They ask us. They ask a room of one's own. Um I want to buy this book from you. I I, like don't want to have to go to this other indie bookstore. And we always correct them. Well, not correct them, but redirect them to to think 
If you support an independent local bookstore, no matter what store it is, we're fans of that. We want the indie yes. community to thrive. You, yes. We will refer you to a Room of One Zone if we don't have a book because we want you to be supporting this network. The only enemy that we have is Amazon because Amazon is one thing that is trying to crush all of us that doesn't yeah. seem fair. <laughs> Once we eradicate Amazon, then, yeah, a Room of One Zone, look out. I mean, the battle is on. But I don't <laughs> think that that is imminent. <laughs> so same thing I, with I women. I love this so much as a, as an ending point, because this has been one of my frustrations with my, my own team mm -hmm. for so long is that like we are fighting each other <laughs> yep. so much. And I am constantly like, it's a little bit my hate love with, with social media that I have to get off because I'm like fighting with ourselves is not the fight. Like, right. No actual enemy. Yep. Yes. <laughs> like, we need to focus people focus on the bottom line. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Real misogyny exists. Even though your friend <laughs> used the wrong, like, ah, uh, like misunderstanding your friend's tone is not mansplaining. Like this is, there's bigger fish to fry. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I also, I'm glad that at least in the circles I'm, I'm in on the internet, the whole like Kamala Harris's problematic thing kind of died down quickly. Cause I'm like, of course, of course she's problematic. She's a politician. You can't escape that. But let's all agree <laughs> that we're going to vote for her because there is basically no alternative. Like, I don't know who you're voting for, Margo, but I know who I'm voting for, and it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I say them together <laughs> because I'm excited about them as a team that can win, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but I was like, really excited about a meme that was going around. Uh -huh. Kamala's husband is Jewish and we're Jewish. Uh -huh. And there's a meme going around that was like, for all Jewish men married, uh, mediocre Jewish men married to impressive women, this is your moment. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my husband and I was like, sweetheart, it's your moment. It's your <laughs> moment. Congratulations. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think this was really well said. Um, and Charlotte, like, I know we're up on time. I feel like I could talk to you for like three more hours. We could. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'll like take your course because I think I could use a I think I could use these conversations on the regular. So look out for an email for me. Um, consider it done. Consi amazing. Wow, this is the best <laughs> idea I ever had. Okay, my last, my final question is just a fun one. Yes. On yes. your Discover feed in your Instagram, the little magnifying glass, Ooh. what's on there? <laughs> Ooh, that feels so personal. Oh, my God. Um, it, literally, it's all dance. <laughs> what? It's all dance. Are I you a dancer? Like what well, I used to like way back in my past life, I haven't danced in like 15 years uh -huh. other than like with my daughter. Sure. Um, but it, I don't know. I went down a rabbit hole one uh -huh. day and so now I'm just being retargeted <laughs> and retargeted yeah. and retargeted. And so, and I love it though. It'll be like ballerinas and little kids and uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, they use the platform well. It's so beautiful. And now with Corona, like dancers are just in their kitchen. It's like yep. prima ballerinas. And oh my God. Can't get to a studio. So they're just like, hello, my kitchen. Um, <laughs> it is just a delight. I love it. It's, I just really love people who are proud of their work. Yes, me and too. Who work really hard and 
Um, I know how hard it is to build those things. And dance is one of those where it's really, really clear. Writing, it's a little harder to show mm-hmm. your work, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I, again, love the conversations you have with yourself in your head. Thank you. Is that you pull them <laughs> forth. Um, but yeah, so I, that's, it's mostly dance. I'm trying to think if it's anything. Wait, while we're talking about dance, have you discovered or been fed or seen, what is his name? It's like Baby Brody or something. Yes, Boss Baby. Boss Baby. Oh, oh my God. That he is kid. Animal. He, I mean, he's a great dancer, of course, but it's his facial expressions. He yes. just yeah. is so passionate. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to share this with you on Insta when we get off, but there's... um. There's a bird, by the way, he's four for anyone listening. He's four, he's years, four old. years old <laughs> and he's just very into his dance and he's great at it. There, he, there's a video of him telling his mother that he can't possibly clean his room because all he can do is dance. And I was just like, this is a, that is commitment. Um, there's a video where he is on vacation with his brother or something. Uh-huh. And it reminded me of me and my sister. And I wanted to show it as a lesson to people because the kid is four years old and he's starting to sing, let it go. Oh, and he no. just goes, let it go. And it's like totally off and uh-huh. hilarious and very inappropriate. <laughs> like all the other people around are like, what is happening? And the brother is like, stop it. And goes like this. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is a metaphor for people stealing your sparkle. Don't let them steal your sparkle. <laughs> You do you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Yes, yeah, send that to me. I would love to. I'd love to have that for personal inspiration on a daily basis. <laughs> oh my God. That would be a fun autoresponder to set up. Sign up for a daily. <laughs> all right, go. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted to know. So, a lot of dance I on your it. Discover feed. Amazing. Amazing. Charlotte, well, next time, can we do this and I'll learn about you? Oh, yeah. I think you did learn about me. I mean, I'm pretty much. I- that's it. That's all there is to know. I'm sitting in a closet. I write about my feelings on Instagram. That's it. I'm pretty transparent. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so, as I said, I remember the moment you followed me and I was like, I've done it. And now I feel doubly, doubly um, great because I got to talk you, to you. And like I said, I'll be contacting you again because I want to keep talking to you about all this stuff. Beautiful. I think we're real friends now. I think we are. It's right? done. It's done. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Breaking this just in. Margo and Charlotte are real life friends now. Amazing. Well, you have a good day. Good luck with. We didn't even talk about this, but uh, good luck with the potty training with your daughter. Oh, thank you. What a journey. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I need all the luck I can get. So yep. thank you. We're, I'm sending you great potty training vibes. <laughs> Have a good day, Margo. Bye. Huge thank you again to Margo for being on the show. I say it every week. I mean it every time. It is no small thing to say yes to meeting a stranger in the first place and then also agreeing to have that conversation recorded. Um, I had the great pleasure of watching Margot's Skillshare class pretty much right after we wrapped on shooting this. I'm not like an obsessive fan, but I am definitely a fan. Um, If you are not on Skillshare, you should go check that out. Um, This isn't even an ad. Once again, I have no sponsors right now. This is not brought to you by Skillshare at all, nor is it brought to you by Instagram. But if you want to learn more about how to be authentic in your online presence, um, God, I cannot believe that I am now saying things like that earnestly. Oh, God. Um, 
but that's, uh, listen, we just, uh, whatever, okay. If you want to take her class, I highly recommend it. She's on Skillshare. Margo, Aaron, M-A-R-G-O-A-A-R-O-N. Don't misspell her name, obviously. We just learned that that is a huge faux pas. Speaking of sponsors, this feels a little weird to say because our money should be doing way bigger work than what I'm about to suggest here. Um, But I do make this show all by myself. You know, again, I say it every week. I mean it every time. I'm standing in a closet recording this. I have a lot of fun doing it. I know that it could sound better and I really want it to sound better. So uh, if you have two, three dollars to send my way every month, that would be awesome. You can go over to my Patreon page. It's in the quick links in my Instagram bio. Um, That being said, if you have only two or three dollars to spend right now, I do highly recommend that you spend it on, uh, I don't know, the Biden campaign or I'm not totally sure. Maybe a coffee where you take somebody out to coffee and you're like, listen, you need to vote and or not vote for Trump. (laughs) I can't believe that name just made it onto my show. Anyway, you see where I'm going with this. I cannot be your first priority right now. However, if you wanted to help out an independent artist, that's me. I'm talking about me. uh, I would love to have your help. And uh, there are some cool goodies for you in store, depending on what tier you join. In fact, one of them is going to be monologue episodes of this show that has less to do with meeting somebody that you've never met and um, more to do with kind of the pep talky contextualization, self-talk stuff that I that I do on my Instagram a lot. So thank you again for listening to We've Never Met. If you rate, review, and subscribe to this show, it really helps me out. Um, it boosts me basically to the top of the search algorithm in any of your favorite podcast apps, whether it's that Apple podcast app or uh, Overcast, Stitcher, anything that you use to listen to this show. The more you rate, review, and subscribe, the easier it is for people to find me, and then we get to spread the word even wider and farther, which is cool and will be useful in the future. What does that mean? I'll tell you later. Okay, thank you again for listening to We've Never Met. I'm Charlotte T. Martin. You can find me on Instagram as Charlotte the Writer. That felt good. I think I'm going to leave the at out from now on. This has gone on way too long. So until we meet again, don't be a stranger. <laughs>